now that they've run out, we can begin. A little commercial. You always have to have a little commercial sometimes. Um, do want to uh, encourage, if you are new to us today, or maybe you haven't been here very often, we do have little cards in the pew racks in front of you. We'd really appreciate if you, if you would uh, fill those out and, and put those in one of the two offering um, boxes when you leave, mainly because we'll have a lottery. No. Uh, a raffle. No, 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 no. We just, we just want to kind of check up on you and just see who you are and just put some love on you, if that's okay with you. So um, that's kind of, kind of important to us here. As already has been explained this morning with Nate and Liz, and do lift them up in your prayers every day. And uh, I know it's, it's hard to stay at home with the four walls around you. Um, that's just not his nature. I know what I would be doing. I'd be going just a little crazy. So, um, so just pray for patience, pray for healing, pray for just God's uh, uh, continued guidance in their lives. Have you ever stopped to consider how powerful air is? Just a thought in your mind today. I mean, think of it. Uh, common, everyday air that we breathe. I've got some pictures I want to share with you this morning, just as, a, as an example. Um, we have one up here, I think, is, that is the largest plane in the world. It's a Russian plane. And uh, uh, this plane uh, is just an amazing feat, but it lifts off and it flies, and I don't understand it. It weighs over 600 tons. I don't understand that. Another plane, I think, uh, is, is that's, that's another, that's, I think it's the same one. But then the third one, I think, is the largest passenger plane, the Airbus A380, which, by the way, is going away because it costs too much money to fly but they can have as many as 800 passengers in this plane. That's like, I live in the town of Vermont. That's about how many live in Vermont. We put the whole town in that plane. This doesn't make any sense to me. And that, that uh, um, it takes 55 days of maintenance every time it's down to take care of it. Okay? Another, one, another uh, thought about air, that's the, uh, a, a great huge nuclear submarine that when they go underneath and they can be underneath water for I think is it six months at a time without ever coming to the surface what do they need air it's just amazing feet and then and then we we know what air will do with a tornado many of you have been involved with the last several years of helping to rebuild um, homes that have been devastated and destroyed by by a tornado air has all kinds of things that it brings to us. Let's say that um, if we were to close the doors of this uh, sanctuary and pump the air out, how long would we last? Not very long. We have brakes on semis, tractors that use air to stop. I don't understand that, but the pressurized air, that's why they call them Air brakes. I'm pretty smart with that. But air, what we breathe, what is constantly around us in this world of ours. 
It's an incredible power. Every day air. We're going to use a lot of air this morning. For me, a little bit. You know, sometimes they say, maybe that's why they say shooting the breeze. You ever thought about that? But I think air is important. It's actually life-giving. When a baby is first born, they breathe that first breath of air. The lungs fill and they're able to what? What's use the first thing that they do is cry. I'd be crying too. I probably did. But ultimately, air is vital. It's important. We can't live without it. This morning, I bring those thoughts up because we have a very incredible subject to talk about today. And if you want to hold for just a few moments the book of John, the 14th chapter, we're going to be looking at that in just a little bit. But just as a, as a prerequisite to that, Jesus knew it wouldn't be long. For three, three years he had taught throughout Israel and healed the sick and fed the hungry. For three years he pointed the kingdom of God, but the time was coming. It wouldn't be long now, and he knew it. The end was in sight. It's time for the chapter to close on his earthly ministry. But how would he explain to his friends what was going to go on? How would he explain that he was leaving? Would they feel deserted? Betrayed? Would they be able to see that there was a much bigger plan, a much longer story than they could presently see? In chapter 14 of John, we see it was just hours before the arrest of Jesus. The group had eaten what we call the Last Supper. Had posed for that group photo, you know, when Peter said, guys, come around this side of the table and we'll all take a picture. Well, that was free. And now Jesus was explaining the events that are about to happen. Trying, I'm sure, to ease their fears. Let them know that whatever happened, that he was still in control. Let's pray for a moment for that ambulance. I do that every time I hear a siren. Let's pray. God, bless whatever's happening with that. We know, do not know the, the occasion. We don't know whether someone is hurt, ill, whatever it is. Pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. So important to know that, that when Jesus was about to say goodbye, how do you do it? Think of ourselves. How do we say goodbye? How, how do we say, I'm leaving? <laughs> Well, earlier the kids ran out, so that was their idea of saying goodbye for a little bit. But we're talking about Jesus leaving not for just a moment because he'd left before, hadn't he? He'd taken some time to be by himself to pray many times. But now how would he share the important thing was, that was to happen with the disciples that had been with him three-plus years? important how you leave 
I think just as important as how you enter or arrive. But how is he going to do that? I love the fact as we read this chapter or the, the portion of this chapter, how he said, I'm going to go, but you will not be alone. So in, in a sense, he had a good news, bad news situation to give to the apostles. Let's read chapter 14, 15 through 31 of John. And I know sometimes we, we're, we do some up and down, some exercise in this place because I don't want you, anybody to go to sleep, okay? So if you don't mind, if you would stand, if you're able to, and let's read the word together from John 14, beginning with verse 15. I like how he starts. And remember, this is the situation. We have quite a bit of narrative here of Jesus sharing with the apostles important stuff just before he leaves. Now, they didn't realize all this was going on. But in verse 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, that would probably be enough, I think. That's pretty direct, isn't it? But he had more to say. And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Notice he says with you. Then he says a different, he kind of changes the thought here. And will be in you. Keep that in mind. We're going to talk about that in a little little bit. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Judas speaks up here, kind of breaks into the, the narrative here, not Judas Iscariot said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home in them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And finally, at the end of the chapter, he says, You heard me say, I'm going away, and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to be the fa- going to the Father, but the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you'll believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that, they, that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. You may be seated. A long scripture, and I wish I had more time to read more, because later on in chapter 16, he brings, or actually the end of chapter 15 and into 16, he brings more information on the Spirit. So today, our message is... The Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Appreciate Logan and, and putting together some songs that, that kind of pointed us to that point today. How the Spirit longs to guide and direct and give us every reason to continue our walk with Jesus. 
Now, one sermon today will not do it justice as far as preaching about the person of the Holy Spirit. So please bear with me as I try my best in the next two hours. Okay, maybe 30 minutes, give or take. As we try our best to, to approach the subject of importance that sometimes I think we have maybe failed, or at least I have in my life, of understanding and appreciating and really knowing who the Holy Spirit is. Too often, now, now if, if I would ask you, this is rhetorical, so you don't have to an- answer me, but how many know who God is? The world does, basically, don't they? In fact, many, many people acknowledge that there is, quote-unquote, a, a higher being and so forth and so on. We, we have no problem understanding who Jesus is because of our teaching and, and how we've lived and how we've, we've accepted into our life. But how many of us really fully appreciate, understand the Holy Spirit? Sometimes we, we, we couch it in the fact that we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in that order. Not particularly, but sometimes when we have a third like in an end, we think that's not as important. Oh, please, no. I love the Trinity, which is, talks about the fact that God is three in one. And people try to understand, how, what do you mean by that? How can three people be one? Well, it's, it's kind of cool because I like to liken it to an egg. If I had an egg up here, I wouldn't throw it at you, but anybody have an egg? Never mind. Kind of like the prices was not, what was it? Whatever it is, I was asking for somebody to have something in their purse or their pocket, and they give them $100. No money exchanged here today. But you have an egg. There's probably more than three parts, but I like to put the three parts. We have the shell. We have the white. And we have the yolk. Now, you can separate each one of those, can't you? You take the shell off. It's by itself. You take the white, and you can take it away from the yoke. So you have the shell, the white, and the yoke are three separate entities. But yet you put them together, what do they, what do they become? An egg, singular. So I like to th- liken that in a very practical way of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That, that again, that is a whole another series of messages we could we could do, but... Right now, satisfy the fact that we're going to try our best to understand a little bit more, a little bit deeper, a little more cognizant of the fact of the Holy Spirit. In fact, that's why we've titled the message, or the title of the message is The Guided Life. Kind of in the, in the realm of, of, we're looking at a book um, that's The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. And, and some of this is, is, is brought to us in this regard as far as the Holy Spirit's concerned. But John 14 gives us what Jesus was trying his best in regard to how he shared the truth with the the disciples that he was leaving, but they wouldn't be alone. Now, of course, we know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say many years ago. I loved how he would end his broadcasts, or he would say, the rest of the story. Well, we have the rest of the story in the Scriptures we have the whole scriptures together. And so we know the rest of the story, but do we really know it? I, I'm, I'm going to talk to myself about that because I'm not sure that I know it completely either. Um, I have a birthday coming up this week. 
just another day, right? Me and Social Security. Me and Medicare. Wow. Thanks for helping, those of you who are younger. I've been doing that for a long time myself, so now it's my turn, so to speak. A couple of things I want to, want to share with you. I've got lots more than that, but we'll probably just kind of do it just two things. The Holy Spirit is not an it, but a person. And, and you, may sound, you may think, well, why would you differentiate between the two? Why would you care about, oh, it's very important. Numerous texts in the scriptures show the Holy Spirit does things only a person can do. First and foremost, in verse 17 of, our, of what we just read earlier, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as him. The other proof text, we got lots, in, in fact, when, when I'll be involved with uh, uh, teaching one of the the, the commit classes in a little while, we got, you, when you all show up, make sure you got your hands ready and your scriptures ready because we're going to look at lots of scriptures. We'll make reference to them this morning. But in Acts 8.20, says the Holy Spirit speaks. In, in, in this text, he told Philip, remember Philip, the king's treasure, um, go to that chariot and stay near it. That wasn't an it, that was person. Because Philip obeyed the commands of the person that day, a man with great influence became a Christian, was baptized. Lots of passages that the Spirit does the work of a person. He testifies, he reproves, he helps, he guides, he enables. A great example is, is again, in Romans eight twenty six, where it says the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities, our illnesses, our, our, our issues that we have physically and makes intercession for us. I, Intercession is, is such a huge issue in regard to praying. It's one thing to be praying about me or about my stuff or my things, but more importantly, it's important that we come to, to the throne of grace to intercede, to say, Lord, here is what we, our hearts desire are for others, much like we do on Sunday morning earlier. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11 which says the Holy Spirit distributes spiritual gifts to each one, just as he determines. Teaches also that the Holy Spirit can be quenched, which is rather dangerous, very, very dangerous, or stifled. Be quiet, stop talking to me, in other words. I don't want, I don't want anything to do with you. That's essentially what it's saying. So the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force, like a genie in a bottle. He is a person, the person of God. And the second thing, the Holy Spirit is not a substitute for God because he is God. Verse 16, again, referring back to John 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, comforter, advocate. The phrase is, is a Greek word uh, that that's, is alos, and it literally means and now they're the same kind. In other words, Jesus was saying the Holy Spirit would be just like him. Same way that Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God. Over and over the scriptures teach that the Holy Spirit possesses attributes that belong only to God. Hebrews 
His Holy Spirit is eternal. We go back to the Old Covenant in Psalm 139, verse 7. Where can I flee from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Which tells us the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's, he's, he's everywhere. He does work that only God could, would do. We think back in creation, Genesis, the first chapter, verse 2. The Spirit of God moved upon the waters. And I love how the creation tells us that we were involved, not I, we. Born of the Spirit, regeneration. I think one interesting text is found in Acts, the fifth chapter, when Ananias and Sapphira decided to sell property, and they said, hey, we're going to give everything to the church. You remember that story? How they went and said, oh, oh, you know, Ananias came, listen, I, I've given everything, but what, what happened? They lied. They said one thing and did another. And of course, the judgment was death. And, and I like the scriptures that says, as they were dragging the husband out, Sapphira did the same thing. They had their story to, together, didn't they? They said the same thing. And they both died because of lying to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, is completely personal, completely God. It's important for us to grasp because any study of the Holy Spirit must be understood in the context of the oneness of God. God is one God, not three, not two, but one. The three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Back again in the Old Covenant, Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, The Lord our God is one Lord. In Christ we encounter God himself, not just an emissary from God. Now catch this. This means that the very divine presence of the incarnated in Jesus Christ is now present in his people. Kind of difficult maybe to wrap my mind around that. But do you realize, for just a moment, hadn't thought about this until I was studying this this week, that we really have it in a greater way and have him in a greater way than the apostles did. Remember I mentioned earlier that Jesus said, with you, then in you? The apostles, before Jesus left, had God the Father in flesh and blood in Jesus Christ. They walked with him. They talked with him. They touched him. Everything physical in regard to connecting with Jesus. Once Jesus was gone, he was gone. It's much like when we lose a loved one, we lose someone who we dearly, dearly love. And they're gone physically, and it just isn't the same. But Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. Granted, difference was the fact that Jesus had, was embodiment of God right there before them. The Spirit came, as we know, in Acts, the second chapter, in a mighty, wonderful Tremendous way. And he became in them. He came into them. Much like today. We accept Jesus Christ as Lord. And I believe firmly that part of that has to do with 
the immersion in, into baptism. And how Acts, the second chapter, says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, and you shall what? Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's all kinds of different churches and denominations that want to try to argue the point, and we're not here to do any of that. All we're here to, to understand is the Spirit lives within us if we are His today. Remember, uh, a week or two ago, time gets away, but we talked about prayer. We talked about how the fact it's important that we, we're always connecting with God and asking the Spirit to guide us, to bring us into a closer relationship with Him. He's in us. He's in us. Can we say it any, any more firmly? Jesus left so the Spirit could come. That's an amazing thing. I, I, I don't totally, fully understand that and I, probably you don't either. If you do, help me out later. But you see, the Spirit lives within. And how do we know? Lots of things we can do to understand that. I love what Emerson hit the nail on the head when he said, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Wow. That's powerful. And 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have instant access to power. The power of the Spirit. That's only if we tap in. It's much like y'all have phones that are either with you or somewhere and I would dare say that I wouldn't think, think there would be very many hands today that said they didn't have some kind of a cell phone. But it needs power, doesn't it? It needs to be powered up, first of all, to, to work, but it has to have something plugged in to be able to power what the battery is to make that phone work. I know when in our store we, people come in and say, this is kind of funny. Some of them are older people. They said, how do you turn the thing off? Well, that's, that's bad on us because we didn't teach them, right? So we just show them, hold the power button down, and it goes off. And of course, now if, 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 if it's a smartphone, you've got to slide things, you know. It's kind of difficult. But on and off, and by the way, cell phones can be turned off. You know? Because the world really probably will still go on without you having your cell phone on, but maybe not. Don't know. But the power in that just minute thought. We want power. And we do have power with the Spirit. He gives us power. He gives us the ability to, to think, to make decisions if we just follow Him. Remember in Acts, the first chapter, before the second chapter happens with the beginning of the church and the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles and Peter jumping up and saying, I got a message for you. Remember there were about 10 days between when Jesus left 
and when the Spirit came. It was a 10 long days to be without. Can you imagine the loneliness? In fact, they were shuttered in the room those 10 days. They were afraid because he was gone. Here, he had, he had died, he'd risen, he'd, he'd, he'd talked to them, and, and for 40 days he was on the earth just having a wonderful time, and now all of a sudden he's gone again. Now what are we going to do? Ten days, what are we going to do? Of course, he told them. You know that one little word that we sometimes still have trouble with is wait. You know, how often does wait not fit our narrative? Because we think, got to have it right now. Because, see, we live in a world today that, that we got to have it right now. In fact, if it's not right now, it's, it's too late, you know. But wait. Go and wait. And they did. Peter, <laughs> the one who was, who was afraid to speak in Jesus' defense a few weeks earlier, was given the power to preach boldly and without fear. Because God is in us, he gives us that guidance, that direction. Every day, every moment that we need him, he's there. He's available, no matter what. You know, we have counselors today. We have one in our midst. And uh, I know, I'm sure, she has all kinds of fun things that she could tell, but she doesn't, about counseling people and their needs and their whatever it is. But if you've ever been to a counselor... Um, most of the time, what's the one thing they usually do? Listen. I have trouble listening sometimes. My wife, she's not here. She's with her mom in Indiana for a couple days, but, but she tells me sometimes I need to listen more than I talk. And I'm heeding it sometimes. Sometimes she looks at me and I'm thinking, oops, I missed that one. Doesn't have to say anything. The look will tell it all. But listen. Listen to the Spirit. Much like when we pray. Too often we're quick to, 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 to pray and then we're thinking, now hold it, did I listen first? Because praying is also listening. Listening to what God wants to tell us. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not here today to tell you that God speaks audibly. Maybe he does. Some people think he does, and that's fine. I'm not here to, to, to debate the point. I've never heard God speak audibly to me, but I certainly have felt him in his urges. I felt him in my mind sometimes. He said things to me that sometimes I don't always recognize immediately because I'm not listening. The Spirit works within us in a variety of ways. Are we listening? Do we know who he is? Do we understand a little bit more today that the Spirit wants to guide us? He wants to bring us further in life. Because Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I will not leave you alone. Jesus obviously is no longer here in the physical body, but he's brought, he's sent, he's given to us to live within us. The spirit to be our guide. 
Are we listening? I need more work on my listening. He's available anytime, all the time. Speaking of listening, um, reminds me of those little earpieces that TV news reporters and, and anchors wear in their ear on the air. Devices make it possible to director maybe to tell them about a commercial break or, or, or inform them of breaking news. And I just recently learned that in the NFL, quarterbacks actually have listening pieces in their, in their helmets. That the, It used to be they'd make all kinds of signs and, and whatever on the sideline. But now they're listening in their helmets. But do you, another bit of trivia, did you realize 15 seconds before the play clock ends down to zero, that is cut off? They can't hear anymore? Of course, obviously, you know why. Part of it would be distraction. But I think it's, it, it's a rule as well. So a bit of trivia there. Listening. What are you telling me? God's voice is in our ears if we're wise enough enough to listen. And through that still, oftentimes small voice, he guides us, counsels us in so many ways. I love what Romans 8.26 says, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. The author of the Scriptures helps us understand teachings John 16 13 said when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth in this way God's spirit helps us to understand the deeper truths of the word 1 Corinthians 2 14 man without the spirit does not accept the things that comes, comes from God for their foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. How discerning are you today? This morning, let me ask you. Do you understand you have a built-in counselor? If you're a Christian today, and I'm just, I don't have any idea, I'm just going to gather that all of us are. I don't know that for sure. But you do. You have an inexhaustible power within you to withstand temptation, to overcome evil, to be drawn to his likeness, to live a life that is pleasing to him. He's not just with us, he's in us. Listen to God's voice so you hear him. I'm going to take a moment today to pray, but before we pray, we're going to listen. Take a moment and just listen. Not to anybody around us, but listen. Because God loves to prompt us. He loves to speak to us in a variety of ways. Sometimes he speaks to us through other people. If we're just listening, sometimes he does it in some of the different ways that I don't understand. But let's take a moment to listen, and then we'll pray.
Father God, Father Jesus, and Father Spirit today, we love you, and we long to hear your voice. We know without a doubt that your word tells us that we are yours, that you've given us every reason to worship, to praise, to love, to give you all the honor and glory you so rightly deserve. And so we're thankful today that when Jesus Christ left the physical earth, that he just didn't just leave and just have us try to make our way. But he says, I promise to you a comforter. I promise to you an advocate. I promise to you the Holy Spirit. I promise to you as good old King James talked about the Holy Ghost, which that's another thought that says the understanding of that is the fact of a guest. That you've brought him into our lives. Thank you for the power. Thank you for the, the, the always available 24-7, 365. Always available. So we praise your name today. Help us to listen. Help us to learn. Help us to grow from this day forward in Jesus' name. Lots more to say. Like I said, it, there's no way that I can, anybody can do any justice for what we've talked about today completely. But ultimately, if you need and desire something today in your life, if you have the first need of bringing Christ into your life, or you have a, a prayer need, or you have something that is, that is really needing to be talked about and shared about and prayed about. We have elders in the back of the room that are ready to receive you. They're always willing to listen. Always willing to, to speak when necessary to your needs. So if you have that need today, you may do that either during the song or afterwards. They're available. Isn't it great? that we can worship a God who loves us so much that he first of all gave his only son. That he didn't leave us to fend for ourselves. That he sent his spirit to live within us. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let's stand and sing our song of decision today. Mm-hmm.